Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, open up to Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1. Do you bring your Bibles? All right, let's make our declaration this morning. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. And I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, we thank you for your word that is alive. It is the seed of life in us. It produces your life in us. It causes us to be changed and transformed into your image. So we thank you for the life given giving work of your word in us, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm reading you this verse this morning, Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1. This is the verse that God gave my pastor and a promise that, that God gave to him that if he would ask the Lord for this, that God would pour out his spirit. And I, I just decided that I'm going to claim this myself as well. Amen. Because this one says, Zechariah 10.1, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. How many know this is the time of the latter rain? (coughs) This is the time when God's pouring out in in, in the Spirit. In the last days, God said he would pour out his Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is referred to as rain, all these other areas. But God said, if you had asked me, I would pour out my Spirit. God said, if you ask, I will. If you ask, I will. I will pour out my Spirit. Look what it says. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain and grass in the field for everyone. Or that God would pour out His blessing and it would affect and touch every life. Amen? So that's what we want. That's what we're believing for. And my pastor stood on that, and God honored his word, and he will honor it in our lives as well. Praise the Lord. So let me just give you this update. We're putting this lesson, we're doing this whole series, and going back to the Holy Spirit and dealing with the Holy Spirit, introducing the church to the person of the Holy Spirit. We hear about the Holy Spirit. We hear all kinds of different views and opinions about Him. And so I've been putting this together in a book form. And so we made the first part of these available last week, and you pick them up. And, and we are uh, asking you to purchase them, only because when you purchase something, you, take, you pay more attention to it. And do it. But the other part of that, we're going to keep adding to this. And so when you purchase this, you'll get all the additions for free. So the total cost of all, when it's done, it'll be about 80 pages when it's all done. So if you get it, when we put out the next revision, you'll just be able to pick one of those up. Amen? Hallelujah. So it's there. But I want you to be able to study it. I'm not covering everything that's in there. I'm going to be adding some more stuff to it as we go along. I'm looking forward to this week just to be able to be and to get away and really just give some more time just into putting more completion to this. But this morning before we just dive into this completely, I want you to just hear this. And as I was praying, I went back through and pulled this up of some things that I'd written before. But, and we referenced it to you last week about what God does about Jesus entering the temple. In Matthew 21, Jesus enters the temple. He purifies the temple. They begin to pray. The power of God is made manifest. People are being healed, and, and God's power is there in his house. And then there's, it ends with what is called perfected praise. So I want you to hear this just before we dive in the message this morning. Following his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, he went to the temple and set his house in order. Somebody say in order. God's a God of order. So Jesus went into the temple and he set his house in order. Things had gotten out of order. And he went in and restored order to his house. He restored its purity. He restored its purpose. He restored its, he released its power. Let me back up. He restored its purity. He revealed its purpose. He released its power and received its praise. He takes his house serious. Somebody say that with me. God takes his house serious. 
He takes his house serious. God takes his house, takes his church serious. We need to understand, we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The work of Christ in our lives is the same. When we accept Christ as our Savior and Lord and allow him to have a triumphant entry into our heart, our bodies become his temple. He comes to restore his purity in our lives. He comes to reveal his purpose for our lives. He comes to release his power through our lives and to receive his praise in and through our lives. Could you say amen? God comes to work in our lives like that. The church is to be the place where we gather in the purity of his name, call upon his name in prayer, receive and see his power released and revealed, and offer up praise that declares his glory. But it goes even deeper than that, for he no longer dwells in the buildings made by men's hands. He now again dwells in the only place that was ever created to be large enough to contain his fullness, and that's the heart of man. The only place in the earth that contains the fullness of God, that has the capacity to contain the fullness of God, is your heart. God can dwell in man in his fullness. He can show up in in manifestation, but his fullness. The Bible says that of his fullness we have received. We are called to be filled with the fullness of God. You are the only place that he can fill. The the Lord said in Psalm, the psalmist said, What what, what house will you build for me? What, what, What place can you build that I can fit into? Seeing that the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. How many know if you can sit in heaven and put your feet on the earth you're big and God God says so what can you make that can contain me the only place that can contain the fullness of God that's what's so amazing about who you are and that's what the enemy fights again when it comes to the Holy Spirit and understanding this truth that we're trying to bring us into clarity and, and a deeper walk in is that God wants you to be aware that he lives in you in all of his fullness Amen. And you were formed to be filled. I, I just was reminded of it years ago. I preached a message on being formed to be filled. You know what this is? This is a glove. You know what this is able to do by itself? Not much. Because the glove was never meant to operate by itself. Neither were you. God did not create man to not need God. You know what this glove needs in order to be effective, in order to fulfill its purpose? It needs to be filled. And it was created to be filled with the hand, and the hand comes with the assignment. The hand comes with purpose, and the hand comes with the power to do. And, and so, once a glove is filled, and this is a work glove, and, and many times, that, 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 how many of you remember Dobie Gillis? I remember Maynard on Dobie Gillis. I remember when Maynard was asked to help with something, what was his response? Work? And you freak out if work was mentioned. Amen. But see, for us, we, we, we would like to be with the, those, the, those gloves that you check to see if anything's been dusted, those white gloves that never get dirty, that never get used, that never get stretched, that never have Mars and get that stuff on it and that. But, but see, the, these gloves were made for purpose. And when they're filled, but by themselves, they can do nothing. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. 
And so in John 15, I'm the vine and, and, and you are the branches. Abide in me for without me you can do nothing. So God created man in the beginning. He created man. He formed man. And then he breathed his life into him. And God enters you and he fills you the same way my hand fills every area of these gloves. God fills you with the fullness of his life. And being filled, when the Bible says be filled with the Spirit, you are filled with the fullness of God. You, you don't just, God, God doesn't chop His Holy Spirit up in, into little segments. God, God didn't take His Spirit and just give you a little piece of His Spirit. God puts all of Himself in you in the fullness of His Spirit. Could you shout amen this morning? Amen. And so God works in our lives like that. He forms you to be filled. But I want you to hear that we are now the only thing that can contain him. Whenever God is in, a, is in a building, it's because men and women who are filled with the Spirit have brought him into that place, opened their hearts and worship to him, and he flows from them, filling the place where they are. That's what we have this morning. We're worshiping God. What's happening? God, by his Spirit, is speaking to us. We are people of the voice. Amen. And God spoke three words to us this morning. That's awesome. It should be, the Bible says, how is it every time you come together? God should manifest himself and we should hear his voice when we come together. Are you doing all right? But he does that by speaking through us. Now hear me this morning. I want you to hear something. He brings that, when we come into that building, he's working in us, it's because men and women are there, and we're bringing his fullness into that play. But hear me, today the Holy Spirit has been marginalized in our lives. Through the homogenization, I want you to hear this term, through the homogenization of his ministry and work, in the church and culture of our day, we have homogenized him and remove the clarity and distinctions of his work and ministry on every level. This morning I'm going to give you the introduction to the person of the Holy Spirit. Next week Pastor Cole is going to preach on the Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God. And then we're going to talk on the Spirit of Christ and the Comforter, the four basic names of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to hear that. Today the Holy Spirit has been marginalized and homogenized in our life. Hear me this morning. It removes the clarity and distinctions of his work and ministry on every level. Listen to the definition of homogenization. How, how, many, how many ever buy milk and it says homogenized? You know what that means? They've shaken it so much that the cream no longer separates. So you take milk and you just... And you, just you blend it and, and you put it together until you completely change it from its original uh, identity. Listen to this. That's what it said. To form by blending unlike elements. To form by blending unlike elements. Make homogenous. Listen. To make uniform or similar as in composition or function. To homogenize school systems. Listen to what it said. It produces a, lo a loss of clarity and distinction of the separate parts. The reason the Holy Spirit has separate parts and separate names, the reason we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is because there are clear distinctions about how they work in our life. And when you just homogenize everything and blend it all together in one, you lose the distinction, you lose the clarity, you lose the performance, and you lose the power. So God gives us clarity. So, but listen to what it says. It produces a loss of clarity and distinction of the separate parts. Listen. Producing a new identity. 
And what's happened today is that the Holy Spirit has been given an identity overall down through several generations through church A. He's been given identity that is not who he is in the Bible. And so God brings us back to a place where we reintroduce him. We want the clarity and the truth of who he really is. Amen? So that's what we're after. So here this morning, we need another marisma. Homogenization is good for milk. It's just not good for the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need that dividing asunder of Hebrews 4. Listen, Jesus clearly taught us. Listen to what he said. He would be with us. He would be in us and upon us. He is with us as our teacher, guide, and comfort. The parakletos, the one who comes alongside. He is also in us, bearing his fruit of regeneration. How many know in the Bible speaks of the, uh, of the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, gentleness, temperance, meek, faith, t- temperance, good, all that stuff. That's the in re- regenerating work of the Holy Spirit in you. How many know it speaks of the gifts of the Spirit? That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you. What he does on you, what he does in you, and what he does with you are three distinctive works in, his life, in your life with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so when we get that, it's transformational. He's bearing his fruit for regeneration, and he is upon us for the endowment with power for ministry and the manifestation of his gift. So hear me just before we get into the lesson. Today we have marginalized his ministry, reduced and limited his effectiveness and power in and through our lives. If we are going to live without change and break free from the prisons of our enemy, we will need the Holy Spirit in the fullness of his power working in our lives. Amen? Now what? It's time to ask, seek, and knock for a pure breakthrough of God's Spirit into our life. Each one of you. That's why I said last week. Remember I asked you to focus and focus in just on getting to know the Holy Spirit. Because like I said, there's so many voices out there. You can go on the internet. You can go here. You can get on YouTube. You can listen to your favorite preacher. You can watch on TV. You go through all the channels. There's somebody on every 30 minutes. There's another guy on there preaching his vision. Or somebody else. Whatever. That's fine. And you can do that. But, but if you live with scattergun faith, you're going to get scattergun results. God, God's not a shotgun. He, he's a focused rifle, if you would. And, and, and he aims at a target, and he hit. Cole used to shoot long range, and, and you can't get distracted. He shot open-sized long range, 900 yards. He, he was a marksman as a, as, as a Marine, and you have to be focused, and you have to focus. You have to know what's going on around you. You have to know the elements. You have to know the temperature. You have to know the wind. You know, have to know how to adjust if you want to hit the target. If you just want to blank and make noise, boom, 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 you can do that. But if you want to hit the target... Then you have to focus and you have to aim. In our walk with God, we're one of God. How come I don't get answered? Well, how focused is your life in God? How focused is your life? How focused is your prayer life? How, how, clear, how clear is your understanding of who God is? Are you doing all right? What man allows God to do in him always de- is, will always determine what he will do through him. We must allow our lives to be the starting point and the catalyst of what he desired to do in our world today. I think it's awesome that I put that I was going to read this to you this morning as the introduction, and then the Spirit of God said, position yourself. Did you hear the word of the Lord this morning? He said, position yourself for what I want to do in your life. So allowing God to work in you. When God brings his word, when we're praying and we're seeking God, God will always bring confirmation. Are you doing all right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. So look at your outline. Last week we finished up, and we're going to talk about on the cover of your outline, if you have it, or if you're in your book, we're in the area of the person of the Holy Spirit, and we're under, in your books, we're under... Uh, the importance to understand the difference between personality and corporality. Last week we gave that to you. The Holy Spirit has personality, but he doesn't have corporality. He doesn't have a body. He has all the attributes of being a person. He is God with you. The Holy Spirit is God. He is the person of God, the expression of God, his spirit expressed in the earth. Are you doing all right? So he is a person. We gave you all of that. If you have the books, you can go back and, re and read all that or last week's outline. But in here, he also, the reason he doesn't have corporiety, the reason he doesn't have a body is because he's made you his body. You're the corporiety of the Holy Spirit. You're the body. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you, and you give expression to his personality. You give expression to the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's called the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the gift is the expression of His purpose. And, and, and all those gifts work by His will. He is the hand in the glove. Are you doing all right? But then with the church also, the church is also the body form to be filled with the Spirit. He has a personal, you, you are personal in your life, but then He also has a corporate body. And the church is to be filled with the life of God. Are you doing all right? So watch it. Cover every outline says to walk with God in fellowship with him, him by and through his spirit requires a genuine faith in his personality. The fact of the personality of the Holy Spirit needs emphasis and practical acceptance in our minds and hearts is a truth for our day. He is a real person. When you get saved, you are born of the Spirit, the life of God in you. He's declared by Christ to be so as the one who will be with us, in us, and upon us. And we are to pursue a relationship with Him. I told you last week, when I met my wife, I decided I would pursue her. We got married because I pursued her. Not just because I liked her. I went after her. I wanted a relationship with her. And the only way to have a relationship with anybody is to pursue it. Amen. This is what people, people, especially today, God bless phones. But if you're just sitting around waiting for everybody to call you, waiting for everybody to check up on you, getting offended because nobody's pursuing you, you'd be a lonely bubba. Amen. Relationships are preserved. He that wants friends must show himself friendly. So that means you're the in initiator. You're the instigator. Go after. Be the initiator. Be the instigator. I always like it like this. I, I believe you reap what you sow. I believe that's a Bible. We live by that principle. You reap what you sow. So even in relationship, if I'm going to reach out to people, I'm going to receive the harvest of people reaching out to me. But if I'm waiting to reach out until somebody reaches out to me, I'll be waiting a long time because I have no seed in the ground. I'm waiting for a harvest where I've sown no seed. Are you doing all right? I don't know why I'm saying that. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. So watch it. Now, once you look at that, we pursue a relationship with them. It's there in your outline, John 14, verses 16 and 17. Now, watching these two verses, the, holy, the personal pronoun is used in reference to the Holy Spirit. 
I'm trying to get you to see him as a person, as real as the person sitting next to you. The Holy Spirit is as real as every person you can see. He is a person. Listen to what Jesus said. And I will pray the Father, and he, the Father, will give you another what? Another helper. He will be another helper. The Holy Spirit is here to help. If I'm doing life by myself, if I'm being frustrated, then, then, then I'm not recognized that I'm a glove that is to be filled. And I'm trying to do everything in my own strength. And the only thing this thing can do is hang out where I set it. Can't do anything else. When we think we can do life, we can do everything else, you are just like this glove. You were never meant to do life on your own. You were meant to do life. God created man to be filled with his life. Jesus came to redeem you so God could breathe his life back into. The Bible says you were dead in your trespasses and sin. We lived in death. And now God, Jesus, come. And in John chapter 20, he goes into the upper room with the disciple. And there he's there. And he says, the same way the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, signifying that he had made atonement for us. And by the virtue of his blood, we can be covered by the blood. And we are redeemed. And we are once again qualified to be filled with the life of God. Somebody ought to shout amen. amen. So we have the life of God on the inside. of We are now filled with his life. Glory to God. So look what Jesus said. He the Father will give you another helper. That he, watch this, he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither knows him, sees him, nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be what? Glory in you. Glory to God. People say, you're crazy. I can't help it. I'm possessed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You need to be spirit possessed. Possessed by the Holy Spirit. Possessed by the Holy Spirit. Demonic possession happens because man is a container for spirit. And people open themselves up to the wrong spirit. And when the wrong spirit gets inside of a person, it manipulates and controls it to do what it wants to do. Not what the person wants to do, but what it wants to do. But when God fills you with this spirit, he asks you to agree. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you and he fills you. But he doesn't make you do anything. He says, hey... I filled you with power to do my work. You want to do it? No, I don't think I want to do that. Okay, well, then I'll just be here like this. And this is many Christians. They, they have the life of God in them. They just won't agree to do his work with him. Demons make you do what they want you to do. The Holy Spirit asks you to let him use you. To agree with him. Are you doing all right? Totally different. Totally different. Well, I don't feel the Lord doing it. Well, just say yes and watch what happens. 
See, Jesus declared the comforter, another helper would come to take his place with us. That we would not be alone. He would be with us in our everyday life, through in, though invisible. He's just a real a person, companion, friend, teacher, and guide as Christ was to his disciples. He's real. Look at what he said, verse 7 again. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper. Somebody say the helper. I just like that term. Amen. I tell people a lot of times, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know how to do it. I have no idea what I'm doing. But I know how to do it. Because I know how to connect to the helper. Do you understand that? I know how to connect to the helper. We think I have to know how to do it. God didn't ask you to know how to do it. To, or to know, excuse me, to know what you're doing. But he asked you to know the one who will show you how to do it. Are you following me? There's a big difference. The Holy Spirit will show you how to do it. Hallelujah. So watch it. Nevertheless, the helper will not come to you. If I depart, I will send him to you. See, this corporate corporality comes through his personality being expressed in us and through our lives. God has chosen us to be his body in the earth, that his life would flow out of us by his spirit living in us. That's why I said the only thing that makes the difference, the church different than any other group that does not going out, doing we need to do all of the things that we do in outreach and, and social care that we can but the only thing makes us different from any other group doing anything good is the life of the spirit the holy spirit the life of god is the distinction of the church that his life would flow out of us by his spirit living in us. John 7, it's there in your outline, verses 37 through 39. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart. The original translation says, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of what? Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Everybody look up here. You're saved. You're born again. The life of God is in you. He says, now that life is going to flow out of you. When rivers flow out, they bring refreshing. They bring life. They bring nourishment. Are you doing all right? They cause growth. Hallelujah. Water. He said, living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing him would receive. Somebody say would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Which I said a few moments ago, which means that Jesus had to present his blood to the Father as atonement for our sin. But now by virtue of the blood. Glory to God. By virtue of the blood, we have now been qualified to be partakers of his life once again in us. Hallelujah. Hear me this morning. The Holy Spirit is the most important person of the Godhead in your life today. Amen. Thank God. Don't, don't misunderstand. Jesus, don't, don't, don't misunderstand. Jesus and the Father. But how God is working in your life. The way God is working in your life right now today is by His Spirit. The Father is in heaven and Jesus is seated by His right hand. Jesus isn't going to come down here and walk with you. He said, I'm going to be with the Father. I'm going to send you the Helper. 
We keep waiting for God and Jesus to get up and leave heaven and come down. He said, I'm already here by my spirit. You're asking for help, and I've sent you the helper. It is to your advantage, because if I don't go, he won't come. And we keep trying to get him to Jesus to come back and help. He says, I've already sent help, but you won't acknowledge the help that I sent. You keep trying to get your kind of help, the help that you think that would help you, when I already gave you the help that I know you need. So quit trying to get the help you think you need that will help you and take the help that I already gave you because that's the help you need. I should have put that in my notes. If I'd have known to say it, I'd have wrote it. Amen. So watch this. He's the most important person of the Godhead in your lives here on the earth after we accept Christ as Savior. Jesus, we come to the Father through Christ. But when you come to the Father, you're born of the Spirit. Hear me. You need to hear this. He is God's chosen expression of Himself in and through our lives. How is God working in the earth? He's chosen to express Himself in our lives by His Spirit, to make Himself known to us. He is God with us, He is God in us, and He is God upon us. Amen? Even though fully God, though, He is always humble and self-effacing. Never purposefully drawing attention to himself. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, this is what Jesus said. He said he's not going to speak of himself or speak on his own. He's only going to speak what he sees. He's going to take what is mine. This is what Jesus said, John 16. He's going to take what is mine and he's going to show it to you. So that the Father will be glorified through the Son. So you have to understand how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit is here to reveal Jesus Christ in all of his fullness to you. He's not here to draw specific attention to himself. And that's where you have to be careful. When you begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, don't try to draw attention to yourself because that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never works in you to draw attention to yourself to make you look spiritual. You're not spiritual you are a dead glove filled with his life. And if he wasn't in you, you don't got much. Amen? And so what I remember, I just remember who I was and what I was. And without him, I have no life. And his life in me. And he should always be humbled that God would use you. Doing all right? That he would use you. And that he would always get there. Listen to what Jesus said. Father, I have glorified you in the earth. The Holy Spirit is here to glorify Jesus and to glorify the Father. This is what Re Revelation says this. The spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10, I believe it is. The revelation of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The revelation of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. True prophecy reveals Christ in all of his fullness, in all of his work. Are you doing all right? Yes. Praise the Lord. Are you getting anything out of this? Yes. Hallelujah. God's getting ready to do a great work. Think about it. 
even though he's there. So Jesus declared to his disciples that when the Holy Spirit would come, that he would of himself or by himself not speak. He would not speak of himself or by his own authority. John 16, I put in your outline. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak what? On his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. No, that's what's so cool about prophesying. All of a sudden, you just, you, you get familiar with this voice. See, if you pursue a relationship, how many of people, when they call you, you recognize their voice? They don't even say hello. They just start talking. And you go, and, and you hear their voice, and you know who it is. You hear their voice, and you know who it is. Anybody know why that works? Because you've heard their voice a lot. You've heard their voice a A lot. And if you desire to pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit, He will begin to speak. This one, when He comes, He will not speak on His own authority. He's going to speak into your life, but He's not going to speak on His own authority. The Holy Spirit has a voice, He's a person, He has His own voice. Are you doing all right? And if you will pursue a relationship with him, you'll begin to learn his voice. The best way I heard it, Brother Jess Higginbotham taught us this in Bible school back in the Stone Age. (laughs) When we were still chiseling out on stone. Amen. Like that one I saw a meme the other day. Moses was on the mountain with God. He said, what's up? These tablets have no apps. Anyway. Brother Jess said this, how do you learn the voice of God? Write, write this down somewhere. Write, write this down. Never forget this. Impression without expression brings about depression. Impression without expression brings about depression. What does that mean? That means when God impresses upon you, when you feel the Spirit of God impressing you to speak, to act, to move, to do, and you don't, and then you find out in a short time that it gets revealed to you that's what it was. Like maybe this morning you felt the Spirit of God prompting you to prophesy, and you heard those words coming through this morning, and you're going, man, I had that same thing in me. Why didn't I say that? You go, oh man, I miss God. No, you're learning his voice. So he impresses upon you to do something. He, the impression of the Spirit. His voice isn't always audible, but, but he impresses you. You feel, like, you feel like God's telling you something. How many know what I'm talking about? You, you sense it in your heart. And you feel like God's speaking to you. But then you don't act on it. And then all of a sudden something comes and confirms. No, that, that was actually a voice. That was the Holy Spirit trying to lead me. Listen, he leads and guides you into all truth. As many as are led by the Spirit. So that means he said, that walk this way. Jeremiah says that, that you will hear a voice in your ear saying, walk this way. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right, but walk this way. Are you doing all right? And so when he speaks into my life and and I have that impression, then I need to move. But if I don't move, then I I get depressed or discouraged. But it's not a depression like we think of 
clinical depression that. It's not that type of depression. It's just a discouragement down the inside. And then you go, wait a minute, I'm not going to miss God again. Something begins to stir in you. I'm, I'm not going to miss out again. God tried to use me. I want to be used by God. I'm going to keep pressing in this thing. That's what happened to me as a young age. I said, God, I want to be used by you. That's what so I keep getting. That's what excites me. God wants to use you. You're the glove. He wants to fill you with his life. He wants you to experience his life working through you. So he's there for it. So look what it says. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it. Somebody say declare it. So he's speaking. All things that the Father has are what? There in your outline. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So watch it. Everything that the Father has has now been given to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit has sent to declare to you everything that the Father has that's been given to Jesus to you. Because you are now a joint heir with Christ. Glory to God. Amen. So now, let, let, let me just pause for a minute. Why do you think the devil works so hard to create so much confusion around the Holy Spirit? Because everything that the Father has, has been given to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is now sent to declare that unto you, so that you might know what the fullness of your inheritance is in Christ, so that you might tread upon serpents and scorpions and walk in all power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And the devil said, I'm going to create as much confusion around this as I can. I'm going to get people all up in the flesh about everything. Are you doing all right? And then I'll get people to act out in the flesh and do stupid stuff. So I can point to that and say, look at that stupid stuff. You don't want to be a part of that. Amen. The only problem with walking with God is you have to learn how to put up with the stupid stuff. Amen. You try to avoid stupid stuff, you just end up alone by yourself. Amen. You doing all right? Keep pressing into God. So watch this. So he's revealing all things to us. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received, or excuse me, uh, John 17, 3. He continues the ministry, making both the Father and the Son known to us. He brings revelation knowledge into our life. The previously hidden things of God are now being revealed to by Him to uh, I put this in your outlines. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. I want you to hear this this morning. Now, before I turn that, I want you to turn in your Bibles first to 1 Corinthians 14. As we get through this, hopefully, if you have any phobias, hang-ups, or misconceptions about praying in the Spirit, which means praying in other tongues, okay, in all the division, think about all the division over praying in other tongues. People have done with the gifts of the Spirit, we read it last week, the gifts of the Spirit, the ministries of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the activities of God. 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and Romans 12, all three of the. This is what we've done. We've homogenized all the gifts of the Spirit. We've, we've homogenized all the gifts in the Bible. We put the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we put the fivefold Ephesians ministry 4, the fivefold Ephesians ministry in Ephesians 4, and then we take the nine gifts out, out of, uh, or the seven gifts out of Romans 12, and we put all those into one bag, and we shake them all up and say, those are the gifts of the Spirit. So we take away the clarity and the distinction and the purpose of all of them working separately. 
The gifts of the Spirit work for one reason. The gifts of, the, of, of, of Jesus work for the ministries of Jesus. That's why they call the gifts, ministries, and activities. Gifts, ministries, and activities. Gifts, ministries, activity. Three different distinctive words. But if you put them all in one bag, shake them all up, all you have is confusion. And what you've done, you take the power out of all of them, and they don't function in the fullness of their created purpose. Are you doing okay? All right. So now watch it. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Pursue love and desire what? So Paul said, let love be your motivation, but desire what? Spiritual gift. And especially what? Okay. So everybody look up here just for a moment. Who's the Bible written to? Do like that. Just say me. Okay. The Bible's written to me. It's written to us. It's written to you. But you need to make it written to you personally. It's not written to us. If it's written to us, that's one thing. But if it's written to me, that changes the whole context. Because it's written to me. It's God speaking to me. Amen? So desire, but especially that you may prophesy. Why? For he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to who? To men, but to who? Okay, so, so, so there's, there, there's a speaking in tongue that is not horizontal. I, I'm, I'm speaking to you horizontally right here. Are you doing all right? This is horizontal speech. I'm speaking to men. But when you speak to God, your conversation goes vertical. Are you doing all right? It goes vertical. So he, he who speaks in another tongue doesn't speak to men horizontally. He's speaking vertically to God. Watch. Speaking vertically to God. For no one understands him what? However, in the spirit, he speaks what? Mysteries. <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk none of that stuff. Okay. I'm saying because we're going to read these verses in 1 Corinthians 2. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He speaks to things that have not been revealed, but are now being revealed. The hidden wisdom of the ages, the mysteries, hidden, but are now being revealed. Paul wrote in Philippians, that, that the mystery that was hidden is now being revealed through the church to principalities and powers. Hidden things are being revealed. Things that have been hidden, mysteries, things that have been hidden, are now being revealed. So when I'm praying in the Spirit, that's what I say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know how to do it. So I pray in the spirit, I'm getting the how. I don't have to know the what, but I'm getting the how is being revealed. Are you doing all right? And so God begins to reveal this truth to us. Hallelujah. So watch it. Now look at your outline, if you would, and and, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But as it is written... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for who? Those who love him. Now watch what. But God has revealed them to us. How? Through his spirit. So he that prays in an unknown tongue isn't speaking to men. Howbeit in the spirit, he's speaking mysteries with God. And when I'm speaking to God, God downloading revelation, hidden things into your spirit. So why? For the spirit searches, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of, of 
the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Now look at this. Say these next words with me. Four words. That we might know. Glory to God. Man. I hope you're getting as blessed as I am. That we might know. Watch this. The things that have been freely given to us. How? By God. Now go back to what Jesus said. Everything that the Father has, has been given to me. And the Holy Spirit is being sent to declare to you everything that the Father has given to me, to you. And He's declaring it to you because it's now yours to have also. You freely. Amen. Amen. I think we need a set of jumper cables up here. In, in a prayer line. Because some of you, your, 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 your buttons are broke. The <laughs> oh, preacher would take more than that to get me excited about God. <laughs> Everything the Father has, has been given to the Son... And it's now being declared to you, and you're a joint heir. And if you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, and you begin praying in the Spirit, God begins to download into your spirit an understanding. Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the fullness of His will in your life. And the devil says, man, I don't want them praying in the Spirit. I don't want them getting that download from heaven. I want them trying to run around thinking that they are all that and a bag of chips all on their own. I want a bunch of flappy and, and kind of just pseudo-happy believers. That the moment any test or trial comes up against them, it just wads them up and ties them up. And, and then they have to sing... I need the worship team to come back. I'm way out of time. Did you get that? Yes. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know. That we might know. 1 John, read 1 John. Go through your Bible. I told you before. Go through 1 John. That you might know, 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 that you might know. Over 28 times in 1 John, in that little epistle of 1 John, that you might know, that you might know, that you might know. In this we know, that if we ask anything of the Father in Jesus' name, we have those petitions that we have asked of Him. Well, how can I know what I can ask? I just begin to pray in the spirit. He that prays in an unknown tongue builds up his most holy faith. And while you're praying, God is strengthening you, energizing you. Praying in the spirit. You're, you're like a battery. 
battery, your, your phone has a battery, and if you just use it all day, what happens? It goes dead. And you have to plug it back into the source and recharge your battery. When you're living day by day, you're going through, you're making a demand on your life and your spirit. And that's why the Bible said, don't be drunk with wine, but ever be filled with the spirit. Keep yourself plugged into the source. Keep yourself charged up. Praying in the Holy Ghost is plugging into the power. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I should put all this in my outline. We can never forget. We need to be careful. Because the Holy Spirit works like that. That's why it's blasphemy to speak against Him. He's not here to edify Himself. We covered this before. Be careful. Be careful. How we speak about the Spirit. You see, we can never forget that it is God who is working in the earth for our redemption. And for the redemption of all things lost, to be restored at the end of the age. Man too often and too easily develops views, opinions, through the singular lens of his limited perspective. We have views through the singular lens of our limited perspective. Which is why the Father has sent his Spirit into our lives. So that we might have the eyes of our understanding in light. Go with me. I want to read this. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 15. Paul writes this to the church at Ephesus. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of what? Wisdom. And what? Revelation. In what? The knowledge of Him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. Revelation is revealed truth. That God would give you His revealed truth. He would reveal His truth to you in all of its fullness. Watch this. The eyes of your what? Understanding being enlightened and open that you may what? That you may what? Know. That you may know that you know that you know. Glory to God. What is the hope? Did you hear the word of the Lord this morning about hope? What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? Not only ours in him, but his in us. You are the inheritance of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a God. And what is the exceeding, watch this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Paul's praying. I, I want Paul's praying for the church. He says, hey, I want you to get this. I'm praying for you. Hey, I want you to get this. Working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him where? At the right hand, at his right hand in the heavenly places far above. Somebody say far above. 
all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this day but also in that which is to come and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church watch this which is his body God made him. So you are the corporate body of God in the earth. You are filled with the life and the spirit of God. And you have a head upon you, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fullness of God's manifest power is to be in his body in the earth. Put all things under his feet, which is his body, the fullness of him. The fullness of him. The fullness of him. Who fills all and in all. Some people think God's like Dippity Doo. I remember Dippity Doo commercial. Man, I'm really old this morning. Dippity Doo goes back with Brill Cream. Dippity Jingle stand by. The, the old Dippity Doo commercial with Dippity Doo, a little dabble, do ya? A little dab, just put a little dab in your hair, rub it around. I, I need a whole lot more than dippity doo on my head. I need a transplant, something, amen. But I'm good. I just mow my lawn and move on, amen. But God doesn't want you just to have a dippity doo. Christians have settled for a little dab to do them. Lord, just give me a little dab. I, I just take it. I, I, don't need, I don't need it all. I just need a little dab. Just a little dab. Just a little. God said, I don't give dab. I give fullness. God doesn't deal in dabs. He deals in fullness. Amen. Stand to your feet with me this morning. See, if, 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 if I'm just out, if, if I just have a little dab will do you faith, then I need another dab every day. I just, I just down, I just run down. I, I need to go someplace, get another dab, but do me. I need another dab, I need another dab, I need another touch, I need another touch, I need another touch, I need another, I need another touch, I need another. No, you just need to get filled. And, and, and you just need to let go and seek the fullness of God. Say, God, I want to be filled with your fullness. I want to be filled with your fullness. Amen. I, I want Dawn and Kathy to come up here. We're going to pray for them. God's going to touch them right now this morning. Cole, come help me pray this morning. Tim, come help me pray. Hallelujah. If you're here today, we're going to pray over them. They both have procedures this week. We're believing for victory in Jesus' name. God's a healing God. God's a healing God. God's a healing God. God is a miracle-working God. Amen. Get, get rid of all your... Come on up here, Don. Get, get rid of all your doubts about healing. Get rid of all your doubts about healing. Michael, come up and help us pray. Get rid of all your doubts about healing. Get rid of all your doubts about healing. Get rid of all your doubts about the power of God. Get rid of all your doubts about the power of God. He is the same. The, the, the Lord says that. I am the same yesterday forever. He declared, I am the Lord your God. I do not change. I do not change. We're going to lay hands on them. If you're hungry for the fullness of God and you're saying, God, I'm done with dippity dabble, do you faith? I want to be filled with the fullness of God. I believe when hands are laid upon me today, the power of God is going to come into my life. I'm breaking free today. Today is a breakthrough day in my life. If you want us to pray for you, we're all up here. As soon as we're done praying for them, we're going to lay hands on people. You move as they sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.